Hello everyone, welcome to Home From Home, a podcast where we answer your questions with our experiences and questionable advice. We're just two guys who like guys but love God. This is a safe place for real conversation. We'll talk about the highs and lows of life as a disciple with added baggage. Can we help you with that? Welcome to your Home From Home. In this episode, we discuss Romans 1, talk about mental health challenges amongst LGBT youth, and give some practical advice for picking yourself back up. It's great to have you back. Welcome to your home from home. How are you today, Topher? I am good. I'm really good. How are you doing, Thomas? Pretty good, pretty good. The last uh, week has been pretty busy with projects and different things going on, but I'm excited to set some time aside to get some time with you and our listeners. Yeah, no, me too. I'm glad you're busy. I mean, I feel busy too, but maybe with a lot of non-important stuff. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. It still feels just as anxiety producing and stressful sometimes. Sure, sure. How has the uh, job search been going for you? I know you've been searching for a job. Yeah, it's peak. I mean, jobs, you know, they're just a myth these days, especially in this kind of environment. (laughs) Yeah. The only thing that's encouraging right now is in the UK, they're doing this... um, this scheme in August, which is called Help Out, no, Eat Out to Help Out, which is basically like most restaurants in August will be half price from Monday to Wednesday. And so like anywhere you can think of, like if they've signed up to it, the government will pay for half your meal. So it's just incredible. I mean, that's like never, never in my life. So I'm going to be eating breakfast, lunch and dinner, like, you know, some crazy things. Are you going to get some cheeky Nando's? In my unemployment. Yes, Nando's is on there. My friend recently sent me a list of all their prices of chicken, um, like with the reduction. And it's crazy. You can get a quarter chicken for, I think, a pound 50 or something. It's just wild. That is pretty wild. You know, it's, it's going to be a good time. I'm going to be very fat when you see me after August. But And um, how about you? Are you looking, you looking for a job right now? You know, no, I'm, I'm still in grad school. So I have a job um, yeah. that pays the bills. Uh, I will be in your boat looking for a job uh, come next May. Um, oh, is, okay, yes. Which is very important because unlike the UK, the US doesn't have uh, health care for everybody. So this November, I turned 26, which means I can no longer be under my parents' uh, health care insurance. So then your boy's going to have to start oh, paying for gosh. his own insurance. And I don't have the money for that. So uh, pray that nothing seriously health damaging happens until the period until I figure out health insurance, because that's. Yeah, that is wild. I can't. Yeah. Well, good luck to you. (laughs) I will pray for your safety during this uncertain time. Yeah, yeah, but. (laughs) I mean, currently right now with the pandemic, maybe it's not a great time to run out of health insurance. Right. Yeah. Who knows? I don't I don't really know what's going on anymore. Um, it used to be a lot safer with the U.S. Uh, in that they were doing unemployment benefits. So if you were making a certain amount of money, they were paying you extra every month um, during this time. Yeah. But now uh, they're cutting yeah. those benefits. So people who are getting unemployment, okay. their money is going to get cut because they're trying to reopen the states and like reopen everything. Uh, but the problem with that mm. is our cases aren't going down. So <laughs> no. Yeah, it's I think LA Ooh. um 
California actually just beat New York as the most populated positive uh, state to have COVID. So the state that I'm in is now oh currently gosh. the highest case. Well, congratulations. You know, the U.S. has to be number one in something. And I think where you at, you're number one in COVID cases. It's crazy. I mean, I think apparently a lot of places there's going to be a second wave anyway. We're just kind of waiting for it. All right. Well, should we go in? Yeah, let's go in. So please continue to send in the questions. We're getting really, really good questions. Um, in we fact, are. if you haven't sent in a question yet, stop listening to this podcast and submit your question. You're not allowed please. to progress forward until you uh, ask a question. <laughs> so we have a first question here, and I wanted to get your, your take on it, Topher. Um, it says, yeah. in the Bible, it talks about same-sex attraction as being unnatural or not normal. Are we supposed to take this literally? How come attraction towards the same sex feels so natural to the person, but in the Bible, it's considered unnatural? Okay, that's a good question. Um, we haven't actually kind of touched on maybe scriptures in the Bible yet, which talk more towards things about same-sex attraction or homosexuality. So I think that's a great point to talk about and a great question for us to dive in yeah. more. I think to just start off the conversation on that, we might as well read where it comes from, yes. which is in Romans chapter one. So there's the kind of context in Romans chapter one. Obviously, this is Paul's letters to the church in Rome. And I'm just thinking where I should read from because I don't want to make it kind of not contextual. Um, I'm going to go from 18. Yeah. Okay. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of the people who suppress the truth by their wickedness, since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. For though they knew God, they neither glorified him as God, nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened, Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal human beings and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than creator, who is forever praised. Amen. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed shameful acts with other men and received themselves the due penalty for their error. And it kind of goes on talking about how God gave them over to a depraved mind and various other things, kind of envy and murder and strife and deceit and gossip and all these kind of things. But that's kind of where this is coming from. I can't say I know completely what Paul is saying here when he wrote this, or but like I think it's good to have a discussion. So I don't know what you think. A couple of things. I think it's important to read the Bible in context. So I appreciate you kind of reading the whole thing there. And let me just say this first, regardless of scripture. Right. Regardless of what scripture says, that's our, that's our, our standard. That doesn't diminish feelings in the sense that like, 
you're okay to have feelings. Like you and yourself being same sex attracted, I don't think is shameful or or whatever. You know, that's something that you struggle with. Um, but you have to look at also the culture of when it was written and the time period when it was written. And actually it's used unnatural is used in the NIV and other places it's used like shameful or uncommon. So depending on the translation, it uses different things, but I don't think necessarily he means unnatural in the sense that you should feel some shame towards it, or um, it's not normal for you to feel those things. I think it, it comes a lot more for just being uncommon um, and not being something that a lot of people struggle with or is not the majority of people. But then you also have to look into the culture of the Romans and the Greeks where actually they believed that same-sex attraction was possible for everybody and they believed that everyone was just as capable of being attracted to the same sex as the opposite sex, which is why there's in the Bible, there's no term for homosexuality or there's no term for that. That's actually a newer term that was invented, I think, about 100 years ago. Um, so you have to look at these contexts. And uh, the point of that is saying, you know, it wasn't like it was uncommon in their day or that, you know, it never happens. They said that everybody could struggle with that. Um, but it's just not what God intended. And it wasn't something that brings him honor and glory. And you look at the rest of the context of the scripture, it lists all the things, you know, created idols instead of worshiping God and all the different things that they did. Even go down, it lists other sins where it talks about, you know, them being lustful, them being murderous, them being those things. Those are like, it's natural to feel those things or everybody can struggle with those things. Uh, but it doesn't bring glory to God. And I think that's what Paul is really trying to focus on is that now we need to focus on bringing glory to God. And that is not what glorifies God. But that's not to discount your feelings of being same sex attracted as something that you should feel ashamed of, because I don't think that's something to be ashamed of, nor do I think God wants you to feel shame of that. It's more about what you do with it. Yeah, no, I agree. I think initially looking at the scripture, honestly, if we're being real, I can struggle with that mm -hmm. because it talks a lot about things like shame and things being unnatural and God's wrath, yeah. and it's quite scary. And it's a difficult one to talk about. But I, yeah, I completely agree with your point, Thomas, about like just considering context because the thing is, is if we're looking at who God is talking about right now, is he's not talking about like these kind of you know, young, unassuming people who just fell into feeling that way and then God condemned them as shameful ever. It's kind of more talking about like this really godless, wicked people yeah. who knew God's existence and um, decided to kind of rebel away from him. Yeah. And I think even with it says like, for instance, like God gave them, God gave them over to uh, these kind of shameful yeah. lusts or yeah or these kind of things when you give something over to someone it's almost being like fine have it your way mm -hmm. is how i kind of see giving over and so really like the this is what the people wanted and god was like well if you're gonna like just completely 
I don't know, be so evil or turn away from me, then fine, do what you want. And then this is what they decided to do. Yeah. It's very different when it says um, men were like, in, for instance, um, like men were inflamed with lust for one another. Yeah. It's a very different language to like being a man being attracted to another man yeah. or yeah. having a love and appreciation. You can really, you have to look at these context clues because these are talking about like almost this group of people who are very actively rebelling against God. It talks about how they are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. Yeah. They are God haters. Like these are all kind of words which are together with it. So, so I think we, we have to try separate ourselves from that, especially with those who deal with these attractions. Like we've got to be able to acknowledge our experience, but then also acknowledge maybe even these attractions could lead to a point like this where we become, I don't know, God haters, but same with anyone else who wants to murder someone or whatever. But that's kind of how I would try and navigate it more. And I think just to affirm your question about how it feels so natural to the person, like I completely agree. I mean, to me, with my own same sex attraction, it's something which is so natural yeah. and um and feels like it I don't know, yeah, it just feels it feels right and it doesn't feel it doesn't feel weird or it doesn't feel strange. And so I think the ultimate thing that I would say about this is that God is so clear throughout the Bible and so many of the writers are that kind of our feelings is not where we should put our stock in yeah. and our kind of motivations in those ways like are not, are not where we should rely on. We shouldn't rely on our feelings. We should rely on the spirit and we should rely on what we know is to be true. I think many things feel good, even though whether they're right or they're wrong, and we shouldn't be reliant upon those. And so I agree, it feels completely natural. The Bible does say that it's kind of contrary to nature. Um, fine, like we shouldn't rely on our feelings anyway, but I completely understand your, your feelings in wrestling with that. Okay, so the next question is how should the church approach depression and suicidal ideation among its same-sex attracted disciples and other LGBTQ plus members? It's a bit of a heavier one. Yeah. Yeah, that's thank you so much for this question. I think it shows a lot of empathy on your part of understanding that you know that this this is an issue. And it's something to to consider. Yeah, I mean, it's a difficult time and it's a difficult issue. Suicide and depression is something that's just difficult um, in general to talk about. Um, And I don't think the church, just in general, does the best job covering those things, even not outside of LGBTQIA issues, just in general with people who are depressed or suffer with suicidal ideation. My first instinct and gut is to say just to for you to question, is our church a safe place to talk about these things? Is this a place where somebody who's really struggling can come and seek help and assistance? And is there somebody uh, on your ministry staff or somebody there that you have designated as somebody who can deal with those things? 
if they need to get professional help involved. But also, are we concerned about our brothers and sisters enough to know what's going on in their life and for it to be a safe place for people to express the struggles that they're going through? I know for me, suicide and and depression is something that I both struggled with throughout my life. Mm -hmm. And it can be difficult to talk about. And sometimes, sometimes I can feel when I'm really in my moods or I feel really depressed, sometimes it feels too much to handle. And it's, and me myself reaching out to somebody feels too strenuous. It feels like too much effort to get up and talk to somebody when I'm really, truly depressed. Um, and so it's helpful when I have friends who every so often just call and check up on me and say, Hey, how are you doing? And they initiate and they love up on me. So maybe do that. If you know that there's someone who's struggling, reach out to them and be that support for them, follow up with them um, and just be a safe place. Yeah. Thank you so much for this question. I just looked up even just some statistics on suicide, especially related to kind of LGBT youth. And some of the statistics that I have here says that like LGBT youth seriously contemplate suicide at almost three times the rate of heterosexual mm. youth. Yeah. Um, LGBT youth are five times as likely to have attempted suicide compared to heterosexual youth. Mm. Um, this is from the Trevor Project, which is an organization which yeah. talks a lot about kind of suicide, especially in this community. And so, I also think these thoughts and these feelings, sometimes in the church, we also just need to acknowledge we don't have all the answers and we're not trained counselors, except for, I mean, Thomas is. But for the most of us, like, actually, I think it's helpful to go to professionals, especially with this kind of stuff. So I think even these kind of organizations like the Trevor Project are really um, beneficial because they have things like hotlines to speak about mm -hmm. it. So if you are struggling with this which i think honestly just being real some of our listeners will be because it just comes with then be really serious about approaching it and and just asking for help it just takes one call or one conversation to just talk about how things are i know personally for me i definitely tend towards kind of depression and have considered um or kind of flirted with the idea of like kind of suicidal ideation i haven't got crazy far but i think it's something which is is common in my way of thinking because life is can be painful you know and um especially in regards to this yeah. the isolation i don't know the delegitimization of our feelings just the feeling of being stuck and hopelessness mm. i think all those feelings that can come with this can really lead us towards these ways of thinking. I've definitely just got to be better at stopping myself. And um, I mean, one scripture which comes to mind is in Philippians chapter four, mm. which in verse eight, it says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And I've 
need to be so much better at doing this. But I think especially as I kind of tend towards these ways of thinking, I have to remind myself what is true. Yeah. What is lovely? Who who does God say I am? Mm. What does God think of me? Where is my identity? And remember those kind of truths. Mm. Um, I think those are great tools for us to encourage others, but also encourage ourselves. Yeah. With remembering whose company we're in, who says we are worthy. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I agree with that. And I think also uh, another note is, you know, sometimes we got to challenge our thoughts and our beliefs and see if they're true and measure it up against the Bible. So I appreciate you sharing the Bible. Um, I think also um, being same-sex attraction attracted, that can lead to a lot of shame. And I think that's where a lot of, yeah, at least for me, depression or, or suicidal, there's a lot of shame cycle. Of being, you know, I'm evil, I'm bad, I'm lustful, I'm this, this, and that. You know, people don't really understand me. I don't feel understood. So I think if you know somebody who's struggling with that, one of the biggest things you can do for someone is to listen and to let them know that you may not understand what they're going through, but you hear them and you understand them and you're here to walk mm. with them. And those things and you can challenge their shaming cycles and say okay but what does the bible say what does god say about you who does god say that you are you know there's so many scriptures that talks about you know being a royal priesthood a holy nation god's special possession right over and over again it talks about how god feels about us and i daily have to use those scriptures when i'm feeling down or i'm feeling depressed or i'm feeling suicidal or i'm feeling like i'm struggling with shame i have to i i write those ideas down or the the story that i'm telling myself like oh i'm not good enough or i'm lustful or i'm evil or you know i'm weaker than or i'm less than or people don't understand me um and then i challenge those thoughts and i and i ask myself okay are these thoughts true is this true what does the bible say what do people in my life say um and that makes it a lot easier um, so I would just walk someone through those exercises um, and encourage them to get help. One last tidbit that I would give, I think the church in general needs to do a better job of destigmatizing mental health issues and to let them know that it's okay to seek help and that it is not a comment on someone's spirituality. It's not saying that anyone is less spiritual or less connected with God or needs more discipling if they need help and to allow people and give people permission to seek mental health because that is mental health help and, and to seek a professional because that's so, so important. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I think the last thing I would say is just for you guys, if you are someone who's dealing with this kind of stuff and dealing with these thoughts, like I just want to share from us that we are here for you. Mm. and please do reach out to us if you need that because we just want to be able to be of any kind of support because you know you are worthy and you deserve it yeah we're here for you listeners okay so this one's a good one um it says hi from dallas texas hello dallas hi dallas What's your experience, if any, when you've been physical with another guy and are seeking to confess to brothers and to repent? 
To my shame, I have downloaded Grinder on a trip back home and ended up meeting with a guy that got physical. I felt shameful afterwards, but also found myself enjoying it, and we ended up meeting up three other times. It's crazy writing it down and telling what I did. There's been a disconnect with me. I know that God hates sexual immorality, but I find myself drawn to it. Any advice? Okay. Yeah, no, thanks for your thanks for your question, listener. And um I just appreciate your vulnerability with yeah. what you shared. I kind of noticed that you said you've um just in your other notes, you said that you've confessed to like men in your life, but you just via text and you need to speak to them more in person and that's fine. Yeah, I would really recommend doing that as soon as possible. If you should can can call, I would say do that pretty soon. Yeah. I understand. I understand where your heart could have been to lead you to this place. I just want to encourage you that just like to just be real mm. and to really question whether whether this is what you want, mm. whether this is enough mm. for you or whether you're going to want more or that's the thing is, is living as a disciple is hard. Living as a disciple is a uh, a life of self-denial and but it also is the most beautiful life walking in communion with god and sometimes we can lose sight of that yeah. and we can lose sight of that beauty and that fulfillment that's where i would go back to like really go back to this is not about the church this is not about i don't know homosexuality whatever this is about you and god how much is your relationship with him worth to you right now and is it enough does it fill you no that's a good point um dallas i get it man yeah i'm so sorry you're going through this and i know that this time is hard and i can only imagine the amount of shame and guilt you're feeling i mean i can even just read it in the question um the first thing I want to tell you is that God loves you and he forgives you and to not hold on to that shame because that shame is a wasted emotion. Guilt is okay. Guilt is telling you that you did something wrong. Shame is telling yourself that you are wrong. You are loved. We love you. God loves you. The people in your life love you and they want you to do well. Please, please, please reach out to your friends and, and, and talk to them. And if you need extra resources with other people, go into your church community. See if there's someone in the Dallas church that can walk through you, uh, walk with you. Um, Strength and Weakness is a great resource. Um, they're actually, they sponsor our podcast. There's a lot of people who are there to walk with you through these issues. But my main advice is one, to get open, uh, make sure there's people in your life that you're talking to um, on a consistent basis about this. Two, don't overshame or guilt yourself out. Accept that it's happened. Move on and be better. You know, and know that God loves you and that God wants a relationship with you. God wants you to repent through this. Yes, he's hurt, but he's willing to forgive. So. I would really study out one repentance, yes, but also study out all the times in the Bible that people have messed up and God's response to that. Look at David, look at all the prophets, look at 
you know, the disciples, you know, look at, there's so many stories over and over and over again of people messing up in one way or another and God constantly loving and forgiving them. So God loves you and he wants to forgive you. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like Topher said, make sure that this is something that you want to do, that this is something that, you know, pleasing God is important to you and that you want to make sure that you continue to fight for this because I'm going to be honest with you, once you've done it the first time or a few times, it's so much harder to not do it again. It's so, so much harder, but it's so doable. And then I would take a look at really evaluate what brought you to making that decision. Where were you at? What were you feeling? What was going on in your life? We all have needs that we need to be, that need to be met. Um, What are your needs that were not met that you were hoping to meet with this encounter? And then kind of look at, okay, how can I meet these needs in a godly, healthy way? And I'll give you an example. One, it was um, wanting other people to see me as worthy, to see me as lovable, to see me as uh, desirable. And I'm going to be really vulnerable and honest on the podcast to be sexy. Like I wanted to feel like someone founded me attractive. I also wanted intimacy and connection. Uh, And that's a huge one for me. So I had to go and look for different ways that I can find intimacy, connection, value, and worth other than finding it in these sexual relationships. So I have a group of men that I go to on a consistent basis who I'm able to talk through these things, who uh, make me feel loved, that I'm able to be vulnerable and intimate with in a non-sexual way. I'm also a very physical touch person. So they're able to, to meet that need in a healthy way and brotherly physical touch of giving me a hug or putting my hand, their hand on my shoulder. I don't know what those needs are for you. You yourself have to do some reflection of what those needs are. But please, please, please find a way to meet those needs healthily. Because I will tell you, very rarely is the sin the issue. There's usually something underneath all of that that's going on. So if you can figure out what that underneath is going on, and if you can figure out what your needs are, you're going to set yourself up for so much more success in the future. Yeah, if you have more questions, follow up with us. We love to hear from you. Thanks, I think that's it. I think it's everything. That does it for this episode. Please, please, please continue to uh, subscribe, download our podcast, send in our questions. We love to hear from you. Um, And we'll talk to you guys next time. See you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Home From Home. If you'd like to hear more from us, subscribe as we'll be answering new questions each week. We'd love to hear your questions. Please submit through the link in the description. Home From Home is sponsored by Strength and Weakness Ministries, a Christian organization that helps to bridge the gap between the Christian community and the LGBTQ community through awareness, education, and support. For more info and resources, go to strengthandweakness.org.